I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Flashes it away through the covers for four, and England have won the match. Hello, welcome to the Analyst Inside Cricket. Uh, we're looking back at the fourth and looking ahead to the fifth day of the first test in Antigua, the Richards Botham Trophy. And actually, the fourth day went rather better for England. In fact, almost the perfect day. I guess the run rate was not quite what they wanted because they were only scoring at say three and over and they probably wanted four and over but the fact they took one wicket and only lost what the one wicket that they needed to take and then only lost one in the day was was a fantastic turnaround given the the first three days of fairly turgid cricket really. Yeah, they lost 23 overs to the weather. England scored at 3.44 runs per over. I suppose, you know, that you, you have to get yourself in a position, don't you? That's the point. You can't fritter wickets away early by being too aggressive. And what they have, the opportunity they have now is, to, on the, the fifth morning, is to somehow uh, press on, uh, just dig in for a bit and then really press on and set West Indies something that they will feel they can't get and see if they can take 10 cheap quick wickets I, I think you'd have to say odds against wouldn't you for a, an England victory an outright victory today for for either side it, it, the pitch is still the winner it hasn't re- it deteriorated a bit yeah. bit up and yeah. down isn't it a bit up and down but it, yeah. it, it's not the sort of surface that is conducive to uh, certainly quick test match results which isn't don't necessarily want quick test match results but you, you, you know you probably want a game to finish late on the fourth into the fifth day but this this one, it might need six days, possibly possibly even seven to get a result. Yeah. I, 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 so what do England do? Well, they're 153 ahead, uh, one day left. Well, you know, if you look at the run rate they've, they've managed, 3.4 and over, as you say, if they get that up to four and over for, say, 40 overs or, say, 35 overs, then that's another 140 runs, which means a target of round about 300 for the West Indies in 60 overs or 55 overs, something like that. And you can't really see them chasing 355 overs and you can't see England 
having enough time to bowl them out either. So it just feels like the game is going nowhere. But maybe they can send in a Johnny Bairstow uh, um, to to take a, take the attack on and try and score quickly and get the runs a bit quicker. Of course, that the danger is that you declare leaving, let's say West Indies two seventy to win or six two sixty, and then you risk losing. And that's always what captains are very wary of, having put four days of hard, four and a half days of hard labour in to then gift the, the, the opposition an opportunity of winning in the last session and a half. is just not what you do, is it, in Test cricket? No, it, it, I think it was England's best day uh, yesterday since probably uh, the Headingley Test match against India when they dominated that game. They had some really good days in that test match, but they I mean, they, they absolutely turned the game around yesterday. I mean, you, you think, I mean, there were a lot of people saying, oh, you know, England are going to go out to bat 60-odd behind. You know, we've seen them collapse before. They lost the early wicket of Alex Lees as well. No, you say lots of people saying it. You were saying it. <laughs> well, no, I, I, lots of people on social media as well saying, oh, I'm nervous about England's batting second time round. But actually, I, I wasn't that nervous, uh, really, because I, 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 I saw this pitch and I thought, if you can't if you can't dig in on that at least and not necessarily really score quickly to get in a winning position I didn't think England could score quickly enough to get in a winning position but if you can't stay on that pitch at least then you might as well pack up and, and come home because it, it is a slow pitch and you, with a bit of determination and a bit of nous you, you can stay in as West Indies showed on the what was it the third day when Nkrumah Bonner made that hundred, you know they they didn't. But I thought England did well yesterday. Was I think it was, it was a point you made about Nkrumah Bonner's innings actually that England were quite aggressive in the in their running. They were pressing for singles. They were looking for singles. They were they were sort of vibrant, alert to it. Whereas I felt West Indies were just a bit too passive on that third day. I mean, you know, and, and you know, to fair play to them in a way that they got they got themselves in a situation where. You know they probably won't lose the game, and it needed England to have a sort of excellent day yesterday to even be in with a sort of sniff of of winning the match today. But they've still got a, a lot to do. There is the extra half an hour, of course, as well at the start of the day's play added on, so a few more overs. But what happens on the final day is you've got to bowl all the overs. But of course that's okay, you know, in countries like England where the light stays. In theory, you know, you have those long evenings. Um, but in the Caribbean, the light can go a bit, so it may be they don't get all the overs at the back end of the day's play, and if there are a few more squally showers around, like there were yesterday, which is a bit frustrating, then that might limit uh, England's victory chance as well. The other, the other thing to say, Yoz, as well, is that West Indies have been pretty poor in their fourth innings in recent Test matches. You know, they've they've tended to fold, so there's something there for England today. Can they just squeeze a bit of pressure? But no, Mark Wood, hmm. I, I saw him limbering up with the bat. Um, yesterday before play, and he was just wincing. So you know he's clearly not. You know, he's he's not fit, is he? So England have to do it with the, the, the bowlers that tried to bowl them out in the first innings. Mm, yeah, which 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 obviously isn't uh, isn't great, really. And they need pace, and obviously yeah. without Wood, they haven't got it. So you know that's another reason why they can't really risk a, an early declaration. It's, what do you uh, make of Crawley, Oz? What do you make? So Zach Crawley, hundred for him. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, looking at the England batting, um, I think he improved a lot. Uh, I think he learnt from batting with Root, which sounds an obvious thing to say, but it, it, it is something that almost happens by osmosis. I think sometimes when you're batting with a really fantastic player, there are certain little lessons that you sort of almost um, accidentally or unconsciously absorb. And looking at him early on, he was 
thrusting himself at the ball. He likes to hit the ball, Crawley, doesn't he? He likes mm, to yeah. hit on the up, and that was the kind of cause of his downfall in the first innings, and has been the cause of his downfall in a few innings. But uh, he tried it a couple of times early on in, in this innings, and didn't look that convincing. And he's got this problem where he's very right side dominant. So his right shoulder is is a little sort of more forward than a lot of classical players like Root, for instance. And also that causes his right hand uh, to, to, to be quite dominant as well. So when he's trying to drive the ball, but certainly early in an innings, he's, he's sort of almost at the ball a bit too much. And the right shoulder and the right arm are too controlling and that pulls the whole of his body across the line of a ball on roundabout off stump or just outside which has caused his downfall in the past and what I noticed yesterday was he was doing that a little bit at the start but gradually as the innings wore on I think more he watched the way Root played in that relaxed method where he lets the ball come to him a bit more doesn't go after it and stays side on and plays the ball right under his nose with a a, a more side on method I think that that method that that message gradually got through to Crawley, and he started playing a bit more like Root. You know, he was still looking to play those drives, and he's very leg side dominant. Mm. You know, towards the end of when he was approaching his hundred, in the sort of sixties and seventies, he was hitting balls from off stump through mid wicket. Well, the pat the pitch is good, the ball is doing nothing, so that's fine, and that's his preferred area, but. Where he has got into trouble in the past is when the ball is doing a bit more and you can't play those sort of shots. You've got to hit the ball slightly more straight, straighter or in the V and, and stay side on a bit longer. But, you know, it, it was an impressive innings and it, he showed his talent, undoubtedly. He's just got to deal with that those early technical problems. And I think also, you know, when, you, when you're slightly more confident, you are more relaxed and you're less seeking of the ball and trying to sort of thrust yourself at it and that again helps helps his game there's something really tantalizing about him isn't it because he's 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 a lovely player to watch uh, when he's going we saw that in that 77 he made against Australia in Sydney there was something really beguiling about that innings but if you have got that technical failing and if you don't correct it or try to correct it to some extent, then you're always going to be vulnerable. And, you, you, you know, you're going to have one of those careers, those sort of inconsistent careers where, yeah, you do nick off or whatever, like he did in the first innings. And then you, every now and again, you're going to break free and play gloriously, uh, as he did in Sydney, as he did at, at, at times yesterday. It, cricket, it's, it's that fine balance, isn't it, between attack and solid defence? I mean, it sounds a really startling, obvious thing to say, but it is. You know, you, you cannot unfurl all those great shots. Until yeah. you've got you've got that solid base, that solid sort of technical base from which to work from. It is about decision making, and it, 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 you know he's made bad decisions and in earlier innings, too early trying to play ambitious shots, and just not re- recognizing the danger of a, a new ball or a particular bowler. But you know once he's in, he's got over those sort of slightly awkward moments, and obviously you know every batsman has awkward moments at the start of an innings. It's just about you know, recognising what are your weaknesses and, and you know, what is the bowler trying to do and making a little bit better, making better judgments. And then after that, you can let your talent flow. Yeah, he's well, he's an interesting player to watch. There's no doubt about that. He does give the innings some impetus. 
Uh, and we, you know, we saw uh, Burns and Sibley together for England, and there wasn't much impetus at the top. And you know, it's that again that balance between seeing off the new ball, but also being taking the attack back to the bowl. And Crawley is is the latter as a as a batter, but you know, it does also leave him vulnerable. Now, two, where, two where, just to, just to quickly add, I mean, where he is very good, I think, and big asset. Mm. Is that he's a tall player, so he's got a big reach, so he can drive. But a lot of tall players, funnily enough, are not that good off the back foot. Yeah, and he is at least he's good at the short ball. You know, he can pull superbly, and that gives a bowler much less margin. You know, if you if you've got a big stride and you can drive on the up, but also if the bowler then dra- drags the length back and bowls a bit short of a length, you can pull him off his length. That really gives the bowler very little margin. So you know, that's why he's a big asset. That's why they thought he would go well in Australia because he could play off the front and, and the back foot. And we saw glimpses of it. And I know the Australians were extremely impressed with that 70-70 made in, in Sydney. But the challenge is there, isn't it? Just to be a bit tighter. Otherwise, it'll be 77, 0, 6, 3, 5, 62. You know, that mm. sort of sequence of scores. Anyway, there we go. That was Zach Crawley. Well played. Second test match, 100. 117 not out. Power to add when he comes back later today for the final day. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not uh, as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Now, two things happened yesterday, two separate incidents, and I just want to pick up on them. Uh, One was an LBW shout against Zach Crawley. He was given out LBW on naught, so I thought that was the end of it. So this is a man who went on to make 117 not out. And then Alex Lee's given out LBW for the second time in the match. Both uh, reviewed their LBW decisions. Crawley was swinging down the leg side, clearly missing uh, leg stump on review. Alex Lee's absolutely plum. He reviewed an absolutely plum LBW. Uh, it's amazing, isn't it, how DRS has, has changed the game. Of course, in the old days, uh, both would be sent back, presumably both muttering back to the pavilion, as batters used to do in the old days, uh, when they said they'd be given the wrong guard or they'd edged it and <laughs> been given out or... Uh, that, you know, there, was off. There, was, uh, there was a bird. There was a bird flying behind the bowler's arm, which put them off, or something, whatever it might be, or the umpire doesn't like them, or uh, whatever. But these days, we, we have DRS, and that's say Crawley correctly, because I actually, when I saw, I think a really good test actually is when you're watching. If you're watching t- television pictures, so you've got if you've got a you know, decent enough screen, and you know if you're watching in uh, HD as well, uh, is, is to be the umpire. So when that LBW shout goes up, do you say not out? Or after a couple of seconds, or do you raise the finger? I think it's quite a good game to to play at home. And yesterday, 
I don't, I don't get them all right, I'm, I promise you. But yesterday I thought, that Crawley one, it, it did, to me, just looked to be swinging down the leg side. You could see why the umpire gave it out, because it was a good ball, sort of really ducking back in. And the umpire thought it was probably going to clip leg stump. Actually, it was missing leg stump by a long way. Alex Lees, though, my, my finger was straight up, absolutely plumb. And yet he reviewed it. Now, Lees, two innings in this match, pinned twice by Akimar Roach. And he's been at LBW seven times in his last 21 uh, first-class innings. T- again, another tall man. Um, what, what, what have you made of his efforts in this test match? Was it just too early to sort of really judge? Yeah, I think it is a bit early to judge. I, I, I think he's up against an absolute master of bowling at left-handers with the new ball, Kemar mm. Roach. And he's a clever bowler, uh, you know, who's got over 200 test wickets, and a lot of those are left-handers. And he's just very good, at, especially with the new ball, making the uh, a lot curve away towards the slips and round the wicket and then just bowling the odd straight one. And you do, as a batsman, and Rory Burns has obviously had this experience as well, as to Cook even, as, uh, before that, uh, you know, you get dragged across your crease to try and counter the movement away. And then that causes you, when the ball is straighter and angled back in, to slightly overbalance and play, try to work the ball a bit too square. So I sort of feel a bit a bit of sympathy. I thought I thought the first innings dismissal was actually a bit feeble, but I kind of you know because it was just a sort of regulation ball which he didn't really get very far forward to and he just hit on the pad and out, which was a bit tame. This innings, mm. you know, I could sort of see what Kemar Roach was trying to do, and you've just got to be cute about it. I think as a batsman, you've just got to be a bit more aware of what the bowler is trying to do. And just try and hold your position a tiny bit longer. It's hard. It's it's a you know it's a it, these we're talking tiny margins. We're talking you know acute angles and and you know a bowler who knows exactly what he's doing. And he got found out. Uh, I I mean hopefully he'll learn from it. And I th- I think he's I quite like the look of him. I think he looks quite composed and le- less kind of erratic movements around the crease than Burns. I hear Burns is working hard in, in, in the background at Surrey, trying to, to correct those sort of extreme movements, and he may come back, actually. But, yeah, I mean, give give Lees a bit of a chance, basically. And, you know, he, he, yeah. he is up yeah. against a very clever bowler with the new ball. Yeah. What's it's your, what's your you, view, then? Well, I, I, I think too early to say, because I haven't seen it, just haven't seen yeah. enough of him. Uh, I thought, I thought his, his dismissals were a bit cumbersome, both of them were a bit cumbersome. Uh, but what's in, what, one thing that's interesting, if you freeze frame his second dismissal, so just put, put it on pause on your, on your TV, his head is a long way over to the offside. Now, it's, analysts often say, well, if your head is that far over, you're, out, you're well outside the line of the ball. It's, it's very hard to hit. But actually, what, I think what's interesting, because sometimes I do this, is if you freeze frame players who have clipped the ball through mid-wicket for four, their head is over uh, to the offside, so you know you, it, it's one it's one of those things where you can the evidence you sort of make it fit what what you want to say really, but it, it is a bit of an issue. His head was his head was a long way over, so it, it is not so easy to line it up. And just, clip it's it just about mid-wicket. timing. It's a, it, you know you're mm. absolutely right. Most people when they hit the ball through the leg side, their head is over on off stump, but yeah. it's just that minute transfer of weight, just holding that. If you watch Joe Root clip the ball through the leg side, yeah, his head will be over to, to off stump, but he's just holding his position a tiny bit longer yeah. to make sure he gets his bat at the ball. Uh, you know, so it, 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 you know, your bat is four inches wide, and if you just lose that 
position by one or two inches, you miss the ball. So it is minute fractions of of timing, really, and, and movement. The Crawley LBW was the, well, the one that was given out and then overturned, was the seventh overturned decision uh, in this test match. We have three reviews because we don't have uh, so-called neutral umpires. Uh, they're home umpires. Uh, independent umpires or from different countries is what you might want to say, really, because I think, I'm sure Joe Wilson and Greg Brathwaite will say they are neutral umpires. Um, is, it, is it time now the sort of pandemic is sort of moving? Well, at the mo- it's hard to second guess it, really, what's happening. But, you know, the players are moving around the world, aren't they? <laughs> so what, why can't the umpires now? Or do you think we've settled into this pattern of home umpires and three reviews? And do you think, actually, the players like three reviews because it gives them a bit more latitude and actually the umpires of course they want of course they want to make the right decisions because they want to stay on the ICC panel it's their living they you know they they absolutely want to get everything correct uh, you know some people I've heard some people say you know you know we should return to new, neutral umpires because hold on the um, these decisions seem to be going in the favor of this team or that team or whatever but in, in actual fact the umpires want to get it correct and and the players have an extra review um, to correct any of the mistakes. What do you think? Well, I like home umpires, actually, because I think, firstly, it's part of the sort of the theatre of the game to have local umpires and it, the consistency and so on. And, and secondly, you want home umpires to aspire, you know, young umpires or, you know, club umpires, state umpires. You want them to aspire to, to umpire their own team in Test cricket. And... I think it's why. Why is that? Why is that important, though? Well, because I think you want to. You you want to. Why would you want to go? If say you're a young umpire, say you're 25 and you're mm. umpiring club cricket in England, say, surely your aspiration is a. You want to umpire Test matches at Lords for for yeah. England, and b. You want to umpire the World Cup final or something. I don't think you would aspire to umpire Australia v New Zealand in Dunedin, or you know. Uh, South Africa against West Indies in Cape Town, would, would you? I mean, obviously, nice places to go to and uh, interesting matches to umpire, but surely you'd want to umpire at home, wouldn't you? And I just think it makes it all more complicated when you have to have foreign umpires all the time. And now that, as you say, now you've got the DRS system, which counters mm. erroneous decisions or should do, then why not have home umpires? Yeah, I, I I can see that argument. They, and they'll improve as the well. Players, I mean, they've made yeah, you know the, they've made some mistakes in this game, but DRS helps umpires improve, and they'll they'll be better yeah. for it. Yeah, players play at home and away. Why can't umpires umpire at home and away? I think it's sort of, it's basically your point. If, you, if if as an international umpire, if you're always on the road, if you're always in another country, uh, you're moving around the world. Okay, it's, it sounds quite glamorous, but it's it's a it's quite a hard slog. Yeah, then it's yeah, quite lonely. Would, why would you want? As well. Yeah, why, exactly, exactly. I agree with that. Why would you want to do it? Yeah, you've got to uh, umpiring some home test matches. But that, does that mean you go? You, you you know you don't go abroad anymore. You just only umpire home test matches. Anyway, I think the extra the extra review has made the difference. Um, mm. I mean, there were there are times in tight games where an umpire will give. Uh, say uh, you know people say well home umpire not out against a home batsman and it's umpire's call and you think are we getting enough umpire's calls uh, going in our favour uh, I mean for example Nkrumah Bonner was given not out twice wasn't he on umpire's call and then Zach Crawley was was given fired out straight away with one that was you know well down the leg side but I think that's just the game isn't it you you, you give it as you you see it it's not about 
it's not about bias or anything like that. It's just about you, you, you give what you see and some umpires are just better than others. And the, the fact that captains have uh, three reviews probably does give you a bit more latitude now as a, as a fielding side to uh, correct problems like we've seen in this game, you know, where they've been inside edges onto the pad and, you know, to be fair, also as well. I mean, it's, it's not in, just England batsmen have been given out erroneously. West Indies batsmen have been given out uh, erroneously as well. There was... Uh, an inside edge. I think. I think it was Bonner actually inside edge, and he reviewed it straight away when it, during his innings. We should get so Michael Goff in our virtual cricket club, shouldn't yeah. we? And and find out what he thinks about it. That's a that's a good one actually. I'll look out for that in the next couple of weeks. I'll try and get Michael Goff to come and talk to us uh, about his life and what he'd prefer. Actually, he's a really good umpire, and uh, obviously uh, he would have some interesting thoughts on that one. And talking of the virtual cricket club, by the way, um, we have a special guest in it on Tuesday. We have Stephen Fry as our guest, uh, all the way from LA, where he's uh, working on some new film or something. He likes to spend his winters in California. Who wouldn't, I guess? Don't blame him. Don't no, blame exactly. him. And um, he's very uh, generously giving up his time on Tuesday evening to talk to us about his life and obviously about cricket, his love of cricket. He always wanted to be Mike Proctor, didn't he? He said, you're one of your heroes. Who didn't? Simon. Who didn't? Well, I, yeah, so did yeah. I when I was growing up too. Uh, yeah. I, but I think he said, uh, he'll, I'm sure he'll tell the story. His attempt to be Mike Proctor ended up with a ball flying over the fence or somewhere and, <laughs> and lost ball. So, um, Been there, done that. Yeah, he'll be, he'll be very entertaining. So... Please come and join us uh, in the Virtual Cricket Club Tuesday evening, 7.30. If you go to worldsbestcricketclub.com, you can sign up and join us. We've got a string of guests lined up for the next month and a half as well. And while I think of it, um, you know, talking of umpires and so on, uh, it'd be lovely to hear what you think, the listeners, about mm. these kind of topics. So don't forget you can send us in questions or comments as an audio file to the analyst podcast at gmail.com, the analyst podcast at gmail.com, and we'll play uh, the best questions or selected questions or comments on our podcasts in the forthcoming days. So you know, get involved, and we, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, so we'll, we'll answer any question you can think of. Okay, Yoz, we should bring this to an end. The uh, final day's play a few hours away in Antigua. Now, I remember at the end of the second day's podcast, I said to you, is there any chance of this game being a draw? And your answer was... Well, no, I said only ice, no. But it is going to be a draw. unless the weather intervenes. Well, <laughs> the weather did intervene oh, yesterday. right, OK. Hasn't really inter it well, you lost intervened a overs. little bit, hasn't it? OK, I got... <laughs> Okay, I'll, okay, I'll allow you that little caveat. So yeah, so if West Indies are eight down, you can say, well, for, yeah, there we are. It was the weather that, um, that that halted this game. But if West Indies are two down, then I'll be back right on you on uh, on our final uh, roundup of this uh, testament. But it feels like it's going to be a draw, doesn't it? That, that's yeah, on, I think on, so. odds on. I, I'm afraid so. I think the wicket is the the winner or the loser in the end. And um, so we'll look ahead to the next test, obviously uh, next week. And also, by the way, good luck to the England women. Uh, because they've lost two games uh, now, the first two games of the World Cup, and they're playing South Africa next, and that won't be easy on Monday. So uh, I see West Indies got hammered by India uh, last night in the in the Women's World Cup. So India looking very dominant in, in that tournament, and obviously Australia as well, England with some work to do. So good luck to, to all of those. Good luck to England in the fifth day of this Test match. And just remember who our guest is next Tuesday night, 7.30. You can join us at worldsbestcricketclub.com.
So, any news of the spy back at him? Yes, sir. Excellent. The Germans seem to know every move we make. I had a letter from Jerry yesterday. It said, isn't it about time you changed your shirts, walrus face? <laughs> sir, do you have any ideas who it might be, young lady? Well, sir, I'm only a humbled nurse, but I did at one point think it might be Captain Darling. Well, bugger me with a fish fork. <laughs> oh, Darling, a Jerry Morse tapper? What nurse made you suspect him? Well, sir, he poo-pooed the captain here and said he'd never find the spy. Is this true, Blackadder? Did Captain Darling poo-poo you? <laughs> well, perhaps a little. Well, then, damn it all, what more evidence do you need? The poo-pooing alone is a court-martial offence. I can assure you, sir, that the poo-pooing was purely circumstantial. Well, I hope so, Blackadder. You know, if there's one thing I've learned from being in the army, it's never ignore a poo-poo. <laughs> Podcast Network.